Uh, today we're going to be finishing up our series called Who is God? And I think it's really appropriate today that we're, we're ending with what is probably one of the most misunderstood character traits of God, which is his holiness. Um, you know, we've, we've covered his faithfulness, we've covered his kindness, we've covered the fact that he's a redeemer, he's, he's over all, he's sovereign, he's merciful, he's loving, all those things. But today we're going to talk about holy, and, we're gonna, and it's going to be God's holiness for our holiness, like as in whole, we're going to be made whole. W-H-O-L-E, holiness. Um, This starts out in Isaiah chapter 6, and I I covered this last week, but I covered the the section that was about, you know, here am I, send me, Lord. But today I'm going to talk about what led up to that passage and why it is that we often feel disqualified from being able to really serve the Lord and really uh, be used of the Lord for any anything good. I'm also going to talk about how to shed the, the brokenness, the bad memories, the um, sins that have been done to us, the sins we ourselves have committed, how to kind of take off all of that old self and to be renewed in him. And last but not least, I'm going to talk about the fact that he says we too can be holy because he is holy. So, um, I hope that you walk out of here today with hope. That's my prayer, is that you would walk out with great hope. Um, Holy, holy, holy. In Isaiah chapter 6, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died... Now, a lot of times we'll start reading the Bible and we kind of just go, Okay, as a year of King Uzziah died. What I want you to get here is this is is a, a nation in mourning. This is a nation that's grieving the loss of their king. So that's the mindset going into this. And Isaiah was a prophet of God, and it says, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. What this means is that God's throne is not just like, not just like on stilts or something, but that his throne is high and lifted up, exalted over the universe, over everything. It says, and the train of his robe filled the temple. This is the massive expanse of the earth. His, the train of his robe essentially fills the entire earth. Have you ever seen like in the royal wedding when the bride, her train is like 100 yards long, you know? And she walks up there and you're like, oh, it's amazing her head doesn't fall off. You know, it's like, that train is so long, but the Lord's train fills the entire earth. And it says, above him stood the seraphim. These are angels. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. These are the angels that worship the Lord. And even they, in his presence, had to cover their faces because of God's intense holiness. And with two, they covered their feet. And we're going to talk more about feet later, but with two, he flew. And what those seraphim are to do is to fly and bring the message and take the message of God's goodness throughout the entire earth. And in God's presence, they hid their faces. 
And they called to one another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. This is the only character trait that is repeated three times. We don't say loving, 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 or merciful, 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 or sovereign, sovereign, sovereign. We say holy, holy, holy. In the most intense superlative, and I think holiness encapsulates all of God's other character traits, his kindness, his mercy, his justice, his love, his faithfulness. All of it is encapsulated because holiness means he is whole, he is complete, he is set apart, he is other than, he is unique. All of these things. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I have a feeling that the reason that this one is said three times is Holy Father, Holy Son, and Holy Spirit. The holiness of God is, is so beyond our comprehension. We can't even understand how holy he is. And it says, they call to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And I said, this is Isaiah, the prophet of God. It says, and I said, woe is me. I am lost. What the King James says is, I am undone. What the vernacular says is, I'm dead. (laughs) Like, this is so intense. I am ruined. I'm wrecked. I am absolutely just shattered in the presence of this holy, holy, holy God. Now, this is the righteous man of God. This is Isaiah, the prophet. Even he says, I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips, It means he recognizes that he sinned with his words. He sinned with his mouth. And it says, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. He's recognizing that he's surrounded by people that are also unclean in the same way that he is. And it says, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And the hosts are all of heaven's armies and all of the angels and everything that worships God, the expanse of God. And R.C. Sproul says the holiness of God is traumatic to those who are unholy or to an unholy people. That holiness, when you come into the presence of a holy God, we should all say, I am undone. But so often we come into his presence flippantly You know, we come into worship with our hands in our pockets, check our phone to see the scores of the game of the day. And yet it says in the word, Jesus says it, where two or more gather in my name, I am there in the midst. And this God is holy. And the heavens themselves declare the glory of God. You know, I, I called um, Louis Giglio's ministry because he put together this video of, he took like these pulsars, the song of the, the stars, and he put that together and then he superimposed over that the song of the whales of the, the depths of the ocean. And then over that, 
he superimposed Chris Tomlin's How Great Is Our God. Which, the first time I heard that song, I, I fell on my face and just wept. When you hear this, you should look it up on YouTube if you have a chance. It is amazing. Can you guys sing that song with me? How great is our God. Sing it out. Sing with me how. Lift your voices. Is our God. Oh, see how great. How great is our God. That holy Heavens can't even contain his value, his worth, his holiness. The heavens can't even contain the worship. And you know, when, when you listen, when you go out, like, like when I go walking in the woods now, or listen to the, to the river, the river is worshiping him. The stars are worshiping him. The animals are worshiping him. The birds are worshiping him. And when we lift our voices and we sing praises unto him, we are joining with all of creation to worship this God that is so far beyond our comprehension that we can't even stand in his presence apart from the blood of Jesus Christ. The only access that we have to this holy God is through the forgiveness that Jesus offers for us on the cross. Otherwise, we would be consumed Our God is a holy, holy, holy God. And when we read God's word, I just want to encourage you guys, don't take God's word lightly. When you open up God's word, recognize that is the holy word of God that is living, that, is, that, that he wants to pour into you. And I can assure you the only way you will ever be set free and delivered, and healed of your brokenness, and your sadness, and all of the things you have been through in your life is through God's holy word. Do not take it lightly. It says in Psalm 119, I will not neglect your word. And I can tell you story after story after story of how I would be reading the Bible, and suddenly God would just expose something or reveal something to me, and I'd be delivered. I would be set free. And that is the hope that we have is that we can be delivered from our brokenness in the presence of this holy God. And it says, moving on to verse six, it says, one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he would take in with tongs from the altar and he touched my mouth. Now this is not to burn Isaiah, but this is to purify him. Because remember he said, that he was a man of unclean lips. And so the provision was made to purify this. And it says, your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. That purifying process. His lips were prepared now to really become the prophet of God. That he could go out now and he could speak the word of the Lord with power and with authority. And the Bible says, God opposes the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. And when we're proud and arrogant and, you know, I mean, King Uzziah, he could have come into God's presence like, why did you let our king die? I mean, uh, Isaiah could have come into God's presence and said, why did you let the king die? He could have been angry. 
And he could have been, you know, just irreverent. But instead, he goes, I'm undone. I am ruined. And, you know, just like in the military, you know, where they break you down first. Those of you who have been in the military, you know this. Like they will break you down and then they will build you back up. The Lord does that, but it's in a much more, uh, he uses a lot less profanity and (laughs) insults and all that. But in the same way, it's like until we are really broken, it says in the Bible that that the thing that that he loves is a broken and contrite spirit, which is pleasing to the Lord. And yet sometimes, I mean, I'm guilty of this too. We just come into his presence like, ah, no big deal. Hey, bud, what's up? You know? And yes, Jesus does call us friends. That's true. We are his friends. But we are to revere this holy God. To revere this God who is exceedingly abundantly more than anything we could imagine. It says, Isaiah says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who shall go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. And this is what we talked about last week. If you didn't hear that message, you can go listen to the podcast. I do believe it. it's part of a prophetic message that the Lord has for us as a church and as a family, that he is, he's calling us to recognize who we are in him. And part of that comes through being in this presence and recognizing that we are undone. Matthew Henry says, those are fittest to be employed for God who are low in their own eyes and are made deeply sensible of their own weakness and unworthiness. Now, God is not, it's not like God is saying, you need to have low self-esteem. Or, you know, I, I can only call people that, you know, that feel terrible about themselves. That is not what this is saying. This is saying that the closer that we come to the throne of grace, the more that our own darkness is exposed. Right? that the closer you come to the throne of light, the more you recognize, "Ah, I cannot stand in God's presence apart from the blood of Jesus, apart from the sacrifice that he offered. And so in God's holiness, we're going to talk about God's holiness a little bit here. In Exodus 3, verse 5, um, this is a story of the burning bush. There's this bush and it's on fire and and it won't go out. And Moses is really perplexed by this. And then he said, do not come near. The Lord says this, take off, take the sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And it says, and Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. This is Moses, the guy who led the Israelites. In the wilderness, Moses, the chosen of God, Moses, the guy that when God originally called him, he's like, I I can't do it. I can't do it. Can you get someone else? This is Moses, but he recognized who he was in God's sight, but it says that he hid his face from the Lord because God is unapproachable. And in his presence, we recognize who we are. And the The problem for us is that life and sin and the evil one and other people have come at us and rather than than allowing us to become who we truly are, we have been disintegrated by life. You know that word disintegrate? 
which means disintegrate. So what do we say about someone when they're struggling or they're having a hard time? What do we say about that person? Oh, that guy is falling apart, right? What do we say about someone who's, who's really, they seem like their life is so perfect? What do we say? Oh, she really, what? Has it all together. So we even talk about it in that. And what life does to us, life, and experiences sin and other people, it tends to disintegrate us. And that word integrate also is the the root of the word for integrity. Having integrity, being whole, being complete. So the things of life disintegrate us. They tear us down, they tear us apart. And you know, there's a scripture in Jonah too that I love And it says, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. And at first service, I was sharing with them, um, I used to be a pothead. And um, I remember, you know, I I called myself a Christian, and and yet that was an idol to me. Weed was was an idol. And I remember the last time that I ever smoked weed, I, well, it, I actually didn't smoke it. I went, to light, I went to light it up, and it was just like all of a sudden, I just, like, I could not get that thing out of my hand fast enough because I had been in the presence of a holy God, and suddenly I was like, no, I don't want that anymore, and I was delivered from that day on. But, but honestly, I had tried time and time and time again to quit on my own, in my own strength, And it wasn't until I just was in God's presence and surrendered to him that suddenly he took away my desire for it and I never smoked pot again. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. And so when we remove those experiences and the sins and the memories that define us and put on Christ instead in his holiness, that's what this is talking about. Taking off your shoes. Shoes symbolize life's experience. All the things. Your feet symbolize, you know, in in those days they walked with, like they had flip-flops or whatever, or sandals or, you know, or they walked barefoot. And it would get really dirty. Their feet would be all muddy and dirty and you know, they're walking through the streets where animals are dropping things and, you know, their feet would get super dirty. And so when it's saying, Moses, take off your shoes, this is talking about for us to take off our past experiences that have held us back and that have made us filthy or made us, you know, sad or broken, leading to our holiness in 1 Peter 1.14, this is the hope I want to offer you guys. It says, as obedient children, don't be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, so also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. We will never be holy, 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 Ever. But he's saying we can be holy, which means, it's a, it, the word in Greek is hagios, which means sacred, morally blameless, uh, consecrated, set apart, different, blessed. It means we should look different than the people in the world, that we should shine with the love of Christ. He's inviting us in. The Lord is saying, I will make you holy. I can make you holy. Holy. 
And that comes through being in his presence. And so our disintegration that the world and experiences and sins and choices and all those things, couple that with God's holiness, being in God's presence and reading God's holy word, and we become whole again. That's his promise for us, is that he will heal the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. It says he will set the captives free. It, is said, it says it's for freedom that he has set us free, that we no longer have to be a slave to unrighteousness, that we can be a slave to his righteousness. Disintegration means to lose cohesion or strength or to fall, fall to pieces. And I want to share a little analogy with you today. This represents our life. Actually, this does represent my life right now because I have two little grandkids and they come over and play with these all the time. This is our life, okay? This represents your life. And then little by little, throughout our lives, things happen. We get rejected. We find out someone has betrayed us. The person that we're in love with isn't in love with us. We start seeing little things, things about our lives, brokenness, we make bad choices. And all of this disintegrates us. It takes us apart. Anybody else broken? But then Jesus comes around. He changes our lives. And he starts to put us back together again. He starts to heal those broken parts of our hearts. He starts to heal the memories. He starts to heal the things that we thought we would never be set free of. He starts to show us a new way to walk. He starts to, to use his word to bring us deliverance. And he sets us free. Amen. So even though the world is disintegrating us, our sins are disintegrating us, taking, tearing us apart, God's promise is that he wants to come in today and he wants to take that, that hot burning coal and purify our mouths and heal those areas of our lives. And, and he wants us to take off our shoes, the, the areas and the, the memories and the sins and the pain and the brokenness and the hurt. And he wants to show us a new way to walk. He wants to wash our feet. Remember in John chapter 13, Jesus got down and humbled himself and washed our feet. And it says that our feet can be beautiful, that our feet can take the good news to a broken world, but it starts with us receiving that healing and that cleansing and that purification and to be in his presence. I know I say this all the time. I hope you guys are reading your Proverbs, one chapter of the Proverbs every single day. So much wisdom there, but please do not neglect his word. 
When you neglect the word of God, you are, it, it's almost like you're saying, I know that there's a life jacket over here, but I'm not going to wear it. I'm just going to flail. Jesus is saying, I want to put that life jacket on you. You can float. You don't have to strive. You don't have to stress. Take this life jacket on and let it sustain you. He wants us to be holy, healthy. He wants us to be complete and together and integrated and have integrity. He wants us to be free. I'd like you to just close your eyes and uh, just listen to this passage. Um, the, The woman who's mentoring me read this to me this week. And it's the first time I've ever heard it out of the, it's, this is out of the message version. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight. Just close your eyes and receive this. This is Jesus talking to you. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So as a as a symbol of our acknowledgement of what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, I'd just like for us to do an exercise, and that is just to barak, which in Hebrew means to bow before the Lord, if you're physically able to do this. And I would like, if you can, to take off your shoes. If not, it's not a big deal. It's symbolic. But to take off our shoes, representing taking off that old way of thinking, that old life, those old habits, those things that break us, those things that have hurt us, those things that have have, um, held us back from being used of the Lord. And can we get on on our knees before the Lord? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Heaven and earth declare your glory, Lord. God, we come into your presence. And Lord, when we recognize your holiness, Lord, we are undone. But Lord, thank you for the hope that you have promised that we can be made holy. And Lord, as a symbol of just asking you to come and heal our brokenness, Heal those areas of our lives where we are confused and frustrated and, and impatient. Lord, we just, we take that coal and we just apply that to that area of our lives where we're so broken or just to all of our brokenness, Lord. Lord, all of our disintegration, all of our being torn apart, falling apart, being, being so perplexed about what you're doing in our lives, Lord. God, we humble ourselves before you, Lord. We, we take our shoes off, God, as a symbol that we want to we have our feet cleansed, Lord. We want to be able to walk 
with you. Lord, we want to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Lord, we want to learn a new way to walk. We want to think differently. Lord, we want to act differently. Lord, we can't do it on our own. We are helpless and hopeless without you, Lord. We surrender to you. We surrender to you. Lord, we give you our brokenness. We give you our disappointments and our frustration and our confusion. Lord, we give it to you. And and Lord, we commit ourselves to knowing you. Give us a hunger and a thirst for your word, for the Bible, Lord. Let us recognize how important it is, Lord, for us to be reading your word and that it is the thing that will change us. Lord, we recognize that you are holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of your glory.